VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. <laughs> it's Abe Lincoln's top hat. Hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Um, All right, welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Ben Kissel. That's Marcus Parks. We're recording this on Wednesday, and this is kind of a fun two-parter. We recorded it earlier about this woman, uh, Rachel Dolezal. And we recorded that on Monday, and some new information has come to light because she's been a talking a bunch. <laughs> and uh, as you'll listen to the episode, you'll hear what we were discussing on Monday. And I feel like I was a little bit too kind to her. Yeah. Obviously, I'm very um, aware that I am a white straight male, and talking about racial things and trans issues. In this case, a transracial uh, situation, which is nonsense. I just want to say it's nonsense. Uh, you can identify and sympathize with a race of people, but you cannot become them. Yeah. Uh, it is, it's uh, offensive on every level. But she's been speaking now to uh, Melissa Harris-Perry on MSNBC. And uh, Rachel Dolezal, as much as I didn't want to um, come out and really bash her, and I'm not going to bash her, but she's just a sociopath. <laughs> that's, that's what happened. You know, she doubled down tripled down on this idea that uh, she identifies as black and uh, she's a white woman I did not realize this previously from Montana yeah man Montana good god that is not no you don't get you did not live the black experience in Montana but she said she did for this reason and this one just got me so aggravated she said i knew i was black when i was five years old because when i would draw pictures of myself i would i would draw with the brown crayon not the tan one or not the uh not the pink one not the pink one or whatever the the, whatever one you use to flesh the flesh one when i was five years old i drew drew myself as a turtle you know i mean it's like you're five years old i'm sorry that you didn't understand how color scheme works but this doesn't mean that you were black and then of course she what were you saying her parents even her parents said like no she Use the pink one. Sure, we, we have the we have the documents. It just doesn't even matter. <laughs> I play. I, I like to play Street Fighter uh, as a child, and I was always the Asian one. So I identify. What is it, Liu Kang? Uh-huh. No, is it, who's no, Street Fighter? That's Mortal Kombat. That's Mortal yeah, Kombat. Yeah, 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 yeah. It just it's so ridiculous, and now it's become uh, such a spectacle, and it's really an interesting situation. The person I feel the most sad for, Bruce Jenner. Mm-hmm. Remember when the uh, uh, Kate Jenner transition, Caitlyn Jenner transition was something? They're like, oh, transsexual. This is very interesting. It's a society. Let's address the needs of the trans community. A real thing that real people go through and have extreme struggles with wiped off the front page Uh because now someone's trumped him in the race of who can be more liberal i'm (laughs) transracial we discuss it coming up in the episode about trans people who believe that they're trans species Mm -hmm. um, and things like that so it reminded me of when i believe 
It was uh, Mia Farrow, not Mia Farrow, but the other girl. She's a blonde woman, and she was dying. She was making a documentary about her death. She's very, very successful. Sort of a Brooke Su- Shields. No, nope. Sort of a Suzanne Summers. Farrah Fawcett. Farrah Fawcett. Yeah. Farrah Fawcett made an entire reality show based upon her death. Do you remember this, Marcus? Yeah. And the day that it was supposed to launch, guess what happened? Michael Jackson died. Michael Jackson <laughs> completely destroyed this entire woman's final wish, which which was to be a reality star on her last days of earth mm-hmm. so caitlin jenner jenner comes along she's the uh the uh the the um oh my god i can't believe it. what's this woman we just mentioned uh rachel dolezal not rachel dolezal the other woman oh farrah fawcett farrah fawcett yeah caitlin jenner the farrah fawcett of the situation rachel dolezal ironically similar complexion to michael jackson <laughs> wipes her off of the front pages mm-hmm. and now it's time to talk about transracial she is um very inter- no it's not it's not. It's no, not, I know. It's I not know. time to talk about. Trends. Okay, I know. <laughs> I just love this. Is also the situation, and you know, I'm very middle of the road on things. I'm a lover of all people, but this is one of the situations that makes me laugh slightly because liberals are just eating themselves over it. Yeah, so many they don't know where to go they with have this. No idea what to say. No idea yeah. at whatsoever how to identify her. She teaches African American history. The thing is, and she has two black uh, adopted children. And this, if I was her children, I would be livid mm-hmm. because she says that she lives the black experience through them which is again like when she wrote her thesis uh, at Howard University paintings through the uh, through the lens of a black man how <laughs> you didn't it's make this is your perception of what a black person thinks about which by definition is going to be kind of racist because you would assume that all black men have the same vision as you a white female who is transitioning into a black female uh, so you really understand what it's like uh, to be a black dude but her children are now used as um, as pawns in her game, so uh, in her game of lying to society about her race, mm-hmm. right? And if you're her children, you kind of look at her and be like, why did you adopt me? <laughs> did you adopt me so, so you could fill out a narrative of your life that you want to hopefully, uh, you know, make true one day? Mm-hmm. It is a uh, fashion, it, it's a, an accessory. It is, it is just as bad as when Paris Hilton adopts chihuahuas. And you know, after every single uh, uh, award, after every single time you see a chihuahua on the red carpet, that chihuahua gets put down for a new chihuahua. She changes chihuahuas like um, like Ozzy Osbourne does diapers. I mean, she is constantly in transition of uh, 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 and getting new animals. And now this woman adopts black kids. Not you know, because she loves and wants to take care of children, not because uh, these children would have had a harder upbringing had they grew up somewhere else, solely because she had a lie that she was telling the, uh, the public and this was going to be the ultimate, like, look at my kids, mm-hmm. look at my kids moment. So now she's Teflon against anybody asking, are you black? Yeah. And you look at my kids, look at my husband. It is such an unbelievable lie. And if you're her husband, you have to wonder... What else is she lying about? Yeah. <laughs> She's a sociopath. She is a true sociopath. She said that she grew up in a teepee, hunting with arrows. She's just, it's Montana. I mean, and her parents were like, you were born in the house. I don't know if she's a sociopath. I think she's a pathological liar right. with deep identity issues. Deep like identity deep, issues. Deep, deep identity issues. But I don't think she's, I think she's a pathological, just complete and total pathological liar. She uh, is. And, but I also, I don't get why, like, it does, the, the longer this story goes on, the more I think, like, why is this being treated so importantly? 
Like, why is this being treated as something that's so yeah. important? Because it's not an important story. It's a curiosity. Right, that's what right, this right. story is supposed right. to be. It's supposed yeah. to be a curious story. It's not supposed to be an important story. There are so many more important stories out there right now. And if yes. you want to talk about race, great. Talk about race. But there are much better examples of racism in America and cultural. Yep. I mean, if you want to talk about cultural appropriation, sure, that's fine. But there are also better examples than you can't use a mentally ill person as an example to talk about these things. Right. And of course, it is distracting from the real race issues of our time that we uh, have discussed multiple times on this show. You know, the government is very, very thrilled that finally the discussion of race has gotten so ludicrous. We no longer have to talk about protests, riots, prison, the prison problem, uh, the uh, unbelievable mass incarceration rates of blacks and Latinos all around the country, because now we're discussing a white woman who pretends to be black and has had to resign from her position um, from the NAACP. We're no longer talking about the important stuff, but this is amazing for cable news who don't make any money off of real news whatsoever. They don't want to hear about ISIS. They don't want, they don't want, they don't think that we want to hear about foreign policy. They don't think that we want to hear about the Trans-Pacific Partnership. They don't think that we want to hear about the secret government meeting that just occurred with a bunch of celebrities that was no doubt a bunga bunga party, <laughs> a Berlusconi-esque bash um, that happened just recently at the White house they don't think that we want to hear about the important situations and the important events that are happening all around uh the world specifically happening in, in our country um so uh now we can just focus on somebody who is transracial making up a brand new word and having a brand new existence if anybody can identify as black who happens to be white right now is eminem <laughs> and he won't even do it and no point would eminem be like i'm black he grew up poor he grew up in detroit and he raps yeah. if you just told me those three things would be like he's black she grew up in Montana. She knew how to draw, and she loved to uh, make believe that she was a Native American. <laughs> that's a white. That's a white. Girl. That's a white girl. <laughs> By yeah. definition, that's a white girl. Rachel Dolezal should have been a roundtable story. She should have like, been a roundtable like, of gentlemen. If you yep. listen to Roundtable Gentlemen, which is another show that that me and Ben do together, uh, it's a uh, news of the weird. It's news. It's bizarre news. It's uh, making fun of the absurdity in the world. And this should have been. A roundtable story. Yeah. It's it's the definition of a distraction story. The news media should not be covering this any longer. We just have to talk about it because, hey, we're two white straight dudes. (laughs) And why not? (laughs) But I do want to hear your thoughts. We'll go on to the the rest of the episode here. I I, I do equate uh, Rachel. I equate her parenting very similar to Mama. From um, here comes Honey Boo Boo, you know I, I that would that really just got me bothered. Yeah. Um, and we discuss it here coming up about when my mother used to do foster care. We had a lot of Hmong. Um, for those that don't know what Hmong are or who Hmong are as a people, they, in Vietnam they helped us fight the Viet Cong. The U.S. Mm-hmm. government promised them citizen, uh, citizenship. And then sent them to the worst state in the country, uh, which was Wisconsin, <laughs> which is kind of nice. But at no point um, did we – you can learn about a culture. You can sympathize with a culture. You can immerse yourself in that culture. You can love that culture. But you cross a line into an offensive territory when you co-opt the skin color of that culture and attempt to pass yourself off as one of them. You get all the privileges. You get every privilege that life can have. You don't want to be identified as white because you don't like the the um, the. We talk about this coming up. The guilt that goes along with it. You don't like uh, the stereotypes of being white, which is oppressing. Uh, we are we're we're figures that have everything. We've mm-hmm. never had any problems in our lives, you know. And but you counteract that with black women specifically. 
poor, welfare, you know, bad mothers, you know, mm-hmm. loud. When when Big Mama hits you, you know when to listen, you know, things <laughs> like that. So, but she didn't want the white stereotypes. She wanted to have the black life. Yeah. And uh, in order to do that, she lied and she completely bamboozled an entire um, group of people, turned her back. On, uh, on her family, and her parents were very, very confused. I'm sure there's no doubt about that. And the reason she got fired from the double uh, from the NAACP, or resigned, rather, but let's be honest, yeah. Nixon, Nixon resigned too. <laughs> you know, um, was not because uh, not because of uh, how she identifies. It's because she lies. And uh, it's because she lied, and nobody likes to be tricked. Not one person on earth likes to be tricked. That's why I hate magicians, and that's why I hate I hate a whole series of different like the you know I hate anything where I'm tricked. I'm not happy. Yeah, and that's really what happened here. So let's start the conversation that Marcus had, uh, and I Marcus and I had on Monday, and uh, yeah, I guess that'll be it. So then yeah. this will conclude our Rachel Dozel conversation. Yeah. But love to hear what you guys think about it. So go to the Facebook page and Twitter and all that. Absolutely. All right, let's hear it. All right, let's just start this thing, huh? Okay. Okay, welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Ben Gizzle with Marcus Parks, as always. Marcus, they always say dress for the job that you want. Rachel Dozel took that to a whole nother <laughs> level. Um, of course, she's been trending on Twitter, and on Thursday, she got exposed as a uh, as a white gal moonlighting as a black person for the past 10 years, and this all started back in uh, 2002, 2003. Around that time, she graduated from Howard University with a degree uh, from of fine arts, mm. and she made her final thesis, as a matter of fact, all about from the perspective of the black male. So she kind of like, you know, went all in. <laughs> She went all in with that. So not only did she try to get the perspective of the white female, but then she's just like, put a dick on it. (laughs) I know what the black male has gone through. I'm a white female. Why wouldn't I? Yeah. Of course. But this plays into a very um, interesting thing that happens in this country that's been happening in this country for a very long time. And a lot of people have spoken on all sides about some people think it's racist. Some people think she's wrong skinned. Mm -hmm. She believes she was born, born black uh, to an all white family. Um, but, you know, this really plays into the larger narrative of uh, white people searching for identity. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's very difficult um, for white people a lot of times to um, figure out who they are and yeah. who they, and you know, and um, and to feel special in a world when you're the uh, majority population, at least until 2050. And then, of course, it's going to be a much more diverse uh, country. And I think that really is what happened here. She doesn't want to be a white person because, let's be honest, I mean, being a white person involves belt buckles <laughs> and uh, just like slow music and a lot of uh, a lot of rhythm. Yeah. You know, and yeah. she likes, she, but she wanted to have more of a bass lifestyle. You know, she wanted to have more of a drum beat style going to uh, with her. But um, it's very interesting what's happening here with this woman uh, in 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 college white people uh, especially a lot of uh, liberal universities they get ingrained with a bunch of guilt there's a whole yeah. like class just about it and every it's every single class it just keeps you on with white guilt when they discuss things like white privilege and uh and how white people have been the oppressors of of every single person on the face of the planet ever since we've been around. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is obviously a rebuttal of that. She must have the amount of self-loathing in uh, in Rachel's life is is extreme. And so for people to be demonizing her and hating her, and we'll get into that because I think there's some good reasons to, but in reality, this woman hates herself more than you can ever hashtag hate her. (laughs) Don't even bother being mean because it's very... She has an identity crisis and she just wants to be unique and she wants to uh 
be anything other than what she is. And it is very interesting when you take into account, obviously, on the heels of what happened with Caitlyn Jenner mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, people are comparing the two, but I don't know if she's going to get a boob job. <laughs> I wonder what the fact was that pushed her over the edge. Because like, she had mm. to have learned so many things. Had you know, so, I mean, she's at Howard University, you know, which is a, a predominantly black university. Right. What was the fact that she learned that she just said, "Okay, I'm not going to be white. I can't be white anymore. I can't be here." I mean, you know, the idea of being white isn't necessarily super fun. Yeah. You know, no one really, you know, that the one thing, you know, the. The negative thing, one of the definite negative things that did happen, she lied on her application to Howard University. She got a full ride because they uh, they thought she was black, apparently, mm-hmm. or at least mixed race. So she got a full scholarship to Howard. So that should have gone to an actual black person. Mm-hmm. So that's not uh, that's not great. Yeah. Um, but she's getting a lot of interesting support from people like Melissa Perry Harris and Al Sharpton. They're they're supporting her and, and questioning maybe is she black and um, the answer is no, um, but that is fine. But it really just but is it possible? Is it? It's like ancient aliens. The pyramids <laughs> was it slave labor done through over hundreds of years, or is it possible? Is it possible that there's another secret skin color? Oh my goodness, the spray tan. <laughs> the spray tan bill alone in that house must have been astronomical. So this woman is just getting tore apart on Twitter now. And uh, the one thing that is pretty hilarious is her hypocrisy when it comes to white people. She hates white people. I mean, obviously, she's made her entire life. Um, she's attempting to not be one. Mm-hmm. And her parents, I mean, her parents definitely outed her. Yeah. And I'm not sure if that was the nicest thing to do. Well, they were estranged. They keep saying yeah. that over and over again. You always get that. The estranged parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rachel Dalzell. Well, so they adopted four, uh, they had four black kids that they adopted at a young age. And so, to their credit, that's very nice. Mm-hmm. They adopted children who didn't have a home, and they gave them a home, and they probably saved their lives. You know, my mother did foster care, and I know for a fact that we saved a lot of kids' lives because otherwise you get put through the system, your life is a total train wreck, and you have no stability because you have no foundation. So she has done, her family has done very, very good things for black people. She's married to a black dude. He's not upset. No. I'm sure he's not upset with anything. I'm sure he knew. He would have to know. <laughs> I'm sure. You know, you it's like when you wake up in the morning next to a person, you get to see who they truly are. Mm-hmm. And it's ruined a lot. Like, you know, at the bar the night before, you're a lady, you're talking to a dude, you think he's a dreamboat. And then you wake up and you realize he's a buck tooth, you know, guy with a lazy eye. <laughs> and you're like, get out of my bed, dickhead. And you got to kick him out because you, you've been a, the, you know, the, the sunlight tells a lot of truths yeah. that the moon likes to hide. So, of course, he did. But, um, she would do things like she refused to go to tea party rallies because she was concerned about all the white people that were going to be there. She discussed on Twitter about Tyrese and how he just likes he doesn't like strong black women. So he's so then she tweets about how well she he's probably going to get with a white woman soon. I mean, people who are hating her. The irony is now she's made black people upset because um, as Iggy Azalea is um, you know, uh, accused, and Iggy and many other artists accused of stealing black music and black culture, she took it to the next level, yeah. and she stole their skin color. At least Iggy is just like, but I love being white. <laughs> I like black music, but I wouldn't trade this skin in for the world. 
It's gorgeous. So now the same people that she so desperately wanted to be a part of and so desperately wanted to help and uh, to be accepted by, the majority of them have completely turned their backs on her and they demonize her and uh, they hate her. And it's really suicide watch. You know, it's almost <laughs> got to be suicide watch for this woman who it is what it is. But this this is what happens when we live in a society now where children are allowed at a very young age to identify, mm. right? Like, you know, I'm very, you know, a six-year-old should never, like Brad Pitt's daughter, for mm-hmm. example, or maybe son. They're letting um, her or him, I'm not sure. Is it a boy? I think it's a boy. Yeah. Or no, I think it's a girl who wants to identify as a boy. Either way, she's six. There is no gender. Yeah. You're a six-year-old. Yeah. You're a child. And sexuality and all that type of stuff. It's like, this. Just, just, just hang on. I mean, no, no kid should make the decision. They, yeah. Kids don't give a shit. Why are you even talking to your kid about this? Do you identify? It's like just be a kid, and then whatever it is, it is, and that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, to put there's, I mean, that's the thing about the left. They love their labels. Yeah. And uh, and so now we live in a society where you can just self-identify as certain things, and uh, and a lot of times you're demonized if you if you go against somebody who identifies as a different thing. And I understand that we have to be sensitive to people, but this is a this is that taken to a ne- to, to the other level of actual. Some people say blackface, but yeah. it really let's give her some credit. Black body, <laughs> it's the whole body. I mean, she didn't stop at the face. You know, those you don't mins- know you don't know that. Oh well. <laughs> She's got the Ooh. whitest butt I've ever seen. <laughs> Her pussy lips are oh. so white. <laughs> I, I I just can't tan them. I, I don't know how to... There's no pussy lip tanner, and uh, I'm having a very difficult time. It's a sensitive area. So, um, let's see, uh, CVS employee, I'm looking for a self-tanner for my... My pussy lips. <laughs> oh, it's the only thing I can't get tan. <laughs> oh man, the self, the identify, the identification thing. Have you heard of the other kin? Okay. I think I've told you about this. Before, What's the huh? other kin? Other kin are people believe that they aren't human. Oh. That they are animals. Okay. And the sca- they were born the wrong species. They weren't just born the wrong gender or the wrong race. They were born the wrong species. That so, in every way. Yeah. Except physical, they are wolves. Oh, or, wolves? Or turtles. Could you be a possum? <laughs> you could be a possum. I want to be a but possum. But nobody's ever a possum been. Everyone's always a wolf. It or... seems like they want to be a cooler animal. Yeah. Very, very similar to take, you know, don't uh, take that negative wrongly about the animal line. But cooler is mm-hmm. the, uh, is the, is the, is the, is the um, major word there. They want, they want to step up their game because they're sick and tired of being boring humans. Yeah. And this one, uh, Rachel was sick and tired of being a boring white person. And she's certainly not a boring white person. She's got a backstory now. Oh, yeah. She's got That's a story sure. to tell. She absolutely does. One thing I would that like I to be an anteater <laughs> because I just feel like you know we we're always walking around and we see ants and stuff like that. But can you imagine if you like to eat them? Oh yeah, you could just eat them anytime. Oh my god, it would be like the streets are paved in pepperoni, <laughs> and no one will call you weird because you're an anteater. It's yeah. what you're supposed to do. Get out of the city, though. That's for damn sure. <laughs> One thing that I haven't known, I've been trying to figure it out or find out how did how and why did this story break. So there was a local reporter for uh, some you know cha- uh, television channel there in Spokane, Washington, and he just asked her if she was African American, and then she responded very very similarly uh, to as I uh, as I responded um, when I was walking through customs coming through Uruguay mm-hmm. when they asked me if I had food in my briefcase or in my in my suitcase, and I said no, <laughs> no, I don't have any generic Doritos or off brand chips Ahoy, absolutely not. 
And uh, she ended up freaking out. She left her purse. She left her keys. And she just went away. Whoa. <laughs> and the reporter was like, I think I'm onto something here. I've, <laughs> I've cracked the biggest case of my life. Yeah. And, but uh, why, was he, why did he ask her? Was he just curious? Well, so she said that her father was coming to town to visit. And then her, the man that, that, uh, that came to visit was not her father. It was, a, it was an older black dude. And she said, this is my father and whatever. And then that's sort of where it began to derail because the guy was like, I don't, I, I, I don't know. This is, you told me to stand by you. I didn't know I was going to be your dad. So she didn't need to go this far. She just got in too deep. She got in way too deep. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was obvious that she was compensating, overcompensating for the fact that she was white, just given the fact that she was, you know, terif- pretending to be terrified of white people. She gave a lot of different speeches about, you know, black hair and things like that, and that can be deemed very, very offensive, obviously, as a person who doesn't technically have black hair. But it really does... The main the, the main issue, I think, that no one is really talking about enough is the fact that as white people, it is just... So she's so desperate for an identity that's different than a Spokane, Washington traditional suburb. I don't know if she grew up in Spokane, but just suburban upbringing. Mm-hmm. There's nothing, you know. This is the thing. If you watch that documentary, um, the Kurt Cobain documentary, World of Heck, montage of montage. Heck. Mm-hmm. I love a good montage. A lot. I I make them. And you know what song is the best to play over a montage? What? Green Day's time of your life. <laughs> so take the photographs the and still friends in your mind. <laughs> I love that song. Great for montages. But that was Kurt Cobain's big thing, right? Searching for an identity. Try. I mean, nothing is wrong with Kurt Cobain. His entire life was totally fine. Well, you know what I've uh, what I've heard, or at least what has been said by um, by one of his close friends, is that that documentary ninety percent bullshit. Oh, I'm sure. Like Kurt Cobain was just the master of fucking with you and jerking your chain. Kurt Cobain's the master of jerking your chain. That's what they said. They should have called it that then. <laughs> jerking your chain. Jerking the Kurt Cobain documentary. <laughs> They got it all wrong. Montage of Heck is one of my least favorite names I've ever heard in my life anyway. It's a terrible name for a documentary. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But so I mean, but searching for an identity is definitely I mean, it's a big white person thing. It is. And to, to finding uh, yourself. Right. That's something that white people say. I'm going out and I'm I'm finding myself. Right. They eat, they pray, and they love. Um <laughs> and that is to you know to black uh, people get their groove back. <laughs> That's right. I would love, man. I wish I had it to start with. Can't even get something back that you never had. Um, but that is one of the areas where people talk about white privilege and stuff like that. And I can see that because one of the one of the privileges of being white is um, is you do get to to uh, identify yourself, mm-hmm. right? You know, there's a, these all of these people who are part of the wrong skin movement, which is true. I mean, there are a group of people uh, who believe this. Very young kids, they're white. Yeah. Because if you're black or Asian, unless you're, you know, Michael Jackson, you actually have a skin disease and you have to go through hours and hours of medical treatment to uh, to whiten your skin, um, you're, you're pretty much stuck with the race that you are. But white people do just because, I mean... Our canvas is easier to paint on. We're just we're white, you know. That's it's as simple as that. Yeah, you know, and other cultures also get certain things ascribed to them. Right. Exactly. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So white people, like we talk about all the time, um, when you are when you're white, like every every white person has been represented at some point. You get your nerdy white person, your jockey white person, the cowboy, mm-hmm. the the white person who likes rap or whatever it is. 
um, were all represented. Black people, for example, for the longest time was a drug dealer, a gangbanger, or uh, ironically a detective. <laughs> you know, like that was it. it. It's either like a cop, a mm-hmm. detective, or somebody. It's always with the criminal justice always. system. All every black character for a very, very long time in a, in a lot of m- mainstream movies. It's always something like that, or the quirky sidekick. Um, character who ends up learning a lot from the white guy at the end, yeah. but the white guy learned a thing or two from him too, <laughs> for how to dance, for example, or talk neat, talk better, talk cooler. Um, so that that is a little bit of a white privilege thing. There's no doubt that she capitalized on that, which is one of the greater. The hypocrisy in what she did is so glaring, and I think that's why people are fairly upset about it. But going back to what we were saying with Kurt Cobain, a white dude. No problems. When you don't have problems, it's very difficult for people to sympathize with you, right? Mm -hmm. And so you sort of have to make your own problems. In Kurt Cobain's case, he found Courtney Love. And what a problem (laughs) she was. I mean, he literally was just like, beautiful women want to have sex with me. That one's very attractive. Seems mentally stable. Hey, crazy chick with bad tits. Uh, How are you? And I don't say bad tits because she has, uh, you know, she just has bad boobs. Can we just say it? I'm not being I'm not body shaming her. I have bad tits too. But oh my goodness, in that documentary, they show her young bosom and you know Kurt you just want to grab Kurt and you want to say you are a rock those star. Those are bad tits. All right, fine. You like them, that's fine. They're totally Oh, those are fine tits. Fine, fine tits. Okay. I like them. Okay, well there you go. You're a real you're a Cobain type. <laughs> But, you know, seeking out people like Courtney Love, doing heroin, these things were all um identity builders mm-hmm. so you're not just that generic white dude who goes to work every day and i work at the bank and i this is my whole life and i'm just i i vote republican but you know i don't think there's one who hates the gays enough for me this uh, <laughs> this cycle so i'm gonna write in my own i'm gonna write myself in mm-hmm. you know they're just being a corny white dude is one of the worst things that can ever happen to a person i was wearing a shirt at uh for our great friend doug who is uh, the lead guitarist and and a, a singer in the group, the Cowmen. Yes. And I was wearing a shirt at uh, at Skinny Dennis where we went to celebrate his birthday, and it's one of my favorite shirts that I've ever had. It's Macho Man Randy Savage, and he's delivering a great elbow drop to Jesus. <laughs> and because it's a great shirt, it's heaven. Yeah. I mean, and everyone, you know. It was very interesting because, first of all, there's nothing wrong, there's nothing sacrilegious about the shirt. If you do go to heaven, if you believe in heaven, then what is, that's what he wants to do in heaven. Yeah. He's Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> you mean I can just elbow drop whoever I want, whenever I want? Anything. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> I'm Jesus, and you can go elbow drop whoever you want, Macho. <laughs> Including you, brother! Absolutely. I'm just a mirage. I'm just a hologram Jesus anyway, so absolutely. There's thousands of me up here. Jesus is busy in heaven. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. But there was a group of people, and they were from someplace in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Was it uh, Missouri? Missouri? Yeah, yeah. I got caught in a fucking conversation with them after you abandoned me. I didn't abandon you. I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna scream at these people, and I just can't deal with that. These people were the whites that Rachel was rebelling against becoming, right? Yeah. And these, because the man was just as corny as they come. I guarantee you, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say he's a racist. Yeah, I'm just gonna say he is. He's one of these white dudes. He wears, he was wearing slacks, and yeah. they were night pressed. Yeah, they very were. pressed. And he was in his uh, button down, look, little plaid shirt was tucked in. He had his little brown belt, glasses, about fifty pounds overweight. Don't tell him that. No, no. And, uh, you know, little, nice little uh, dress shoes on and, you know, balding. And you could just, 
you could see the pretentiousness, just the douchiness oozing from this man's skin. And you know for a fact he goes to church every Sunday. He's one of these people. They approached me, and they were like, what's with the Jesus shirt? Mm-hmm. Why Jesus? They were acting very, very similar. Similarly, ironically, to a group of people that they hate, the Muslims, when you show a picture of their prophet. <laughs> yeah. um, not quite as aggressive, but equal in, in the intention of uh, being angry that somebody is, you know, has a picture of their Christ on uh, on their shirt. Those are the white people that uh, all other white people are desperately attempting not to be identified as. Yeah. And she just went the extra mile to make sure that everybody knew she wasn't one of those corny white people. Her rebellion got out of control. Her her uh, her desire for identity got way out of control. I think that there's obviously a mental uh, aspect of it, a real psychi- uh, psychiatric issue. Um, but the I but I I'm sure she's extremely hurt right now. She's by not everything. feeling good about herself. She moment. has to feel awful, and you know it's like that scene in uh, in Batman. I took off my makeup. Now you <laughs> take off yours. So she's rubbing away her tanner, and she realizes her white skin mm-hmm. and her whiteness is blinding. And I'm sure she's not happy that she's going to have to transition back. To the uh, to the person that she was born as. Do you think she will? She has to. I don't know. I don't think this she. Is a, this she is can. America. She can do whatever she wants. I agree. And you know, if she, I mean, it does lead to a very interesting question about self identity. And you know, these are people talk about slippery slopes and going down these sorts of roads. Um, if I don't know, I'm just saying. Like this is what Melissa Perry Harris was saying. Is she black? If she identifies, she thinks that she. She feels as if she has the mind of a black person, which I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, the mind of a black. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't get it. I don't know, but it just seems like um, it's a situation where every single thing that she was taught and everything that she learned uh, led her to this. And you know, you can't just throw your hands up in the air and be like, how dare she? I can't believe she would have the audacity to do this. It's blackface. All of these things, again, black body, that was kind of a funny joke I said earlier. But it comes from a real place. I mean, these college institutions, when I went uh, to get my degree in sociology, well, first I was a theater major for two years. Turns out I can't sing or dance. Um, (laughs) Not talented. Uh, When I went to get my degree in sociology, which my brother has his double master's in, um... Double master. Nah, yeah, he's got a sociology and something else. Oh, because it's you just you just go in there and I say you hate yourself, and then they give you a master's <laughs> degree, sociology for Christ's sake. I thought you bet he got like a master, like a a super double master. Yeah, he's on super. He was on super double secret probation. <laughs> then they give him a super double secret masters, and now he's Bluto from Animal House, and he's eating a bunch of stru- a bunch of liquid cheese, dumping it all over his shirt. Um, sociology is an incredibly racist major, and they break everything down in racial categories. And the the worldview that they give you is um, it's very much um, there are members of societies that are of society that are victims and are completely helpless, and it's your fault that people aren't succeeding. Yeah. As opposed to like we were talking, we did a, a roundtable of gentlemen on two book minimum, the great uh, Dan Wilbur podcast here on CCR that is now going away, and I'm sorry, Dan. Thank you for everything you did. But we were talking about communism, mm-hmm. and uh, the problem with communism is if people were good, if people believed in 
picking each other up by their bootstraps and helping everybody out uh, to succeed, that would be one thing. Communism would work. Unfortunately, that's just not the way that we as animals, as humans, work. It mm -hmm. tends to be the person who likes to do the least that has the largest say, and they just weigh everybody down. For example, you can have... Let's talk about the last podcast on the left Facebook group, right? Let's say there's a thread on there, and there's 150 comments, and every single comment's really fun and playful, and then one douchebag rolls in, says something negative, mm -hmm. and next thing you know, it derails everything. Yeah. It's so easy to derail positivity and to derail um, uh, people who want to succeed. It's and you know, it, this is also why I'm for charter schools. But we'll talk about that later. We'll have to get Molly <laughs> Neffel in here for that. Um, but uh, so in sociology, that's sort of the premise: mm -hmm. is that uh, it, it plays to the lowest common denominator as a and and says that you know w white people specifically specifically white men uh, oppress everybody. Um, when in reality, life is very hard for everyone. Uh, there's no doubt about that. As opposed to um, I think the narrative should be more of an encouraging narrative and uh, the idea that you can succeed and do whatever you want with your life and be anything that you want to be. As a son of an immigrant, first-generation kids get this lecture all the time mm -hmm. because our parents actually believe in the American dream because they haven't been here long enough to know it's all <laughs> bullshit, you know? So I was my friend Cena. Uh, Sina John from the brighter side. His parents are immigrants as well from Iran. And their whole narrative was a, very, very similar to the narrative that I had growing up, which was like the American dream. You can be whoever you want to be. You can, uh, you know, of course, my father still gets called Nazi when he, at the old Jewish retirement home and he lost the presidency. Um, you know, so he couldn't quite, uh, you know, get rid of that stigma. But that's, but that's the whole point of the country. So that's why it changed over from sociology because it I, I just felt like it was really negative. Yeah. And I think this woman obviously getting the liberal arts education, it's drilled into her that she's done something wrong simply because of the color of her skin. She's part of a problem that she was she was she was born as an oppressor. And uh, it's not a fun thing to be told that you were born as an oppressor. And you hear comments like it all the time on on Facebook and uh, it tends to be uh, white girls who um, always white women? Yeah, they just hate it. They hate being white, and they have, and it really hurts their self-esteem. And, and you I, know, it's and it's not. I mean, you know, it, bringing somebody else down in order to raise somebody else up isn't how you do it. Yeah, you raise people up by you. You as you yourself has have to feel like you're worth. Um, living and you're, you're special and important, and then you can help other people feel that exact same way. Um, because if they see you. If you go out and, and approach people as if you're oppressing them or as if they are less than you, which is the uh, irony of a lot of sociology uh, thought, is that it does treat people like victims. And if you've ever been treated like a victim, uh, for example, on stage when I do stand-up, I tell some stories that are personal and they're kind of like – they're from events that weren't necessarily the greatest events in a person's life. Mm. And when you get like an, oh, it's like, no, just laugh. Yeah. <laughs> a laugh is so much better than, oh, I mean, I can take an awe too. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't freak out about that. I, I like uh, the sympathy to some degree, I guess. Mm. But at the same time, um, no one likes to feel as if they've, uh, that they're in need or that they're mm. a victim. You know, it's just, it's a terrible, terrible feeling. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of sociology gives. So this is, so that led into, what we see now with Rachel, they talk about oftentimes on Jezebel and Gawker, and I, you know, whatever, it's fine. I, I understand people. Um, people have different uh, situations that happen to them in in their lives, and and men have done some terrible things. Yeah, uh, there's no doubt about that. 
Um, but a lot of times what happens, I think, is uh, there's a, a very um, a double standard. For example, with catcalling, for mm-hmm. example, it just doesn't happen in Wisconsin. Yeah. You know, this happens in specific neighborhoods. And oftentimes in these neighborhoods, uh, it's not exactly people from Ohio. Right. And uh, so white people will, men and white women will oftentimes be like, they'll specify white men are the problem. When in reality, you know, many, all of us are. It's pretty, we're pretty bad. We're pretty bad. <laughs> we did some good things, but yeah, we've got some, uh, we got some boners under our belt. A boner under our belt. Mm. Uh, I mean, I meant that in a different way. <laughs> <laughs> But that's the problem. That's the issue with Rachel, and I hope people talk about it um, because it really has been it's been happening in the college system for a very, very long time. And uh, I, I think that's it's really I, th- I think we're beginning to see sort of the side effects of super liberal education um, when it comes to demonizing um, people and making these really bold, grand, um, wide sweeping statements about you know what people how people should feel based on the thing that they had zero control over coming into this world i think she definitely used a little white privilege because she can tan and she was able to do that and uh you know now she'll go back to being white i guess but uh you you do wonder if would they have hired her if she was a white woman did she do what she had to do to get a job I mean, how many white uh, people are presidents of uh, local NAACP chapters? There's a dude in Arizona. That's it. As far as I can tell, yeah. Right now, currently, there's uh, one guy in uh, Arizona uh, named Donald Harris, uh, and uh, he's a Jewish guy from Brooklyn. Oh, Jewish from Brooklyn? Yeah. Oh, he's black for Arizona. (laughs) Yeah, he's black for Arizona. So, really, I mean, in that situation, they were like, well, you're different from them enough yeah (laughs) you're different than the majority of arizonians enough so you'll count so you do wonder if this was a situation where a person she felt as if she had to do this to get the job that she wanted obviously she has a massive love um for black people i think it, it got corrupted along the way and now again the great irony is People are uh, the people that she so loved are looking at her as if she's the worst white woman on the face of the planet. But this is something that we talk about all the time. White women have been co-opting minority issues ever since I can remember, mm-hmm. and it's what white women love to do. And I'm being a little bit, I'm being, I'm spreading the thin. Not all white women, some, mm-hmm. and there's white dudes who do it as well. But a lot of times, again, in search for identity, um, and in in order to um, shed the. Uh, the idea that we're the or that you're an oppressor or something like that, you oftentimes you'll see white people go and uh, and uh, try to pretend as if they understand what it's like to be a part of the uh, minority population. When in reality, I think it comes across oftentimes as patronizing. In this situation, it just comes across as downright racist. Yeah, uh, which is interesting. It's sort of like I was talking. I sent a little tweet out the other day. I was watching something on television and the super skinny model. And she was beautiful, gorgeous lady. Um, she put on a fat suit. 
and she walked all <laughs> oh, around. Oh, she did that thing? Yeah, she did the fat suit thing, and she walked around, and she was, like, sweating, and people were like, hey, hog, and then they were like, hey, you know, where's the buffet, big one, you know, and all these terrible things to her. They were saying, you know, I or, I mean, a couple of guys were like, I'd hit that, yeah, but, like, they were talking about actually punching her, I think, yeah, um, something like that, and then she took off her fat suit, and she was like... I've never felt better being thin. I mean, that's really all that you learn. When you put on a fat suit, you, you trounce around. It's, it is an equivalent of blackface to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you go out there and you try to live the experience of a large person, all the while knowing that you can just unzip this and you'll be right back to thin. But in your head now, you feel better than you did before. You feel as if you're a better person than uh, somebody else who hasn't put on a fat suit because now you can relate because you were fat for an hour. Mm-hmm. The whole time knowing that you're just a zipper away from being skinny and treated with respect again. Yeah. And that this situation does sort of have that air to it where she, like we mentioned, you know, with the Joker, she can remove this makeup and go back to being white whenever she wants. So Mm -hmm. this is her exerting some uh, form of white privilege for sure. And uh, it's just gone psychological issues but if if they fire her i mean you can fire her i suppose just simply because she lied on her resume yeah about a fairly big thing that's pretty big i mean this is a but would they have hired i would like to know if would they have hired her she has the degree from howard university Mm -hmm. she obviously understands the perspective of the black male she did art about it (laughs) which is another white thing where how didn't they know this woman was white (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna do a little art project about from the perspective of the black male you're white, aren't you? <laughs> no, I'm no. I'm, no I guess. Um, you do wonder if she was if she was white, give, even though she has a resume, and obviously um, she she she. No one has said that she was bad at her job. No. No, not, not she a had sing- her job for five years. Not a single person has come out and said really anything negative about her before. All of this happened. Right. Like, no one's coming out and saying that, yeah, I didn't really, I never trusted her, or I didn't like her, or anything like that, or that, you know, I knew it all. Everyone's just like, well, hmm. that's weird. Yeah. Like, I think that's, I think most people, it doesn't even get, I think a lot of, it seems like a lot of people are just kind of impressed. It is impressive. It's like, I mean, wow. If she, gee, wow. There's a great Woody Allen movie called Zelig. Yeah. And uh, it's exactly what she did. Basically, this character that Woody Allen plays blends into wherever he is. So he turns into an Asian person. He becomes large and Italian. Mm -hmm. He blends into uh, all social um, surroundings. And that's exactly what she's done. And you wonder, like I was just saying, I mean, if she went and presented herself as purely a white girl from suburbia, um, would she have gotten the job? We don't know. I mean, maybe she made the smartest decision that she could have made. To uh, you know, to I achieve mean, there her are goals. Other jobs. She wanted this one. <laughs> she wanted to be the head of the NAACP in Spokane. In Spokane, Washington. <laughs> yeah. Well, not not the lofty. I mean, I guess that's the first stepping stone. You got to work your way up from somewhere. Yeah, you do. The NAACP. They were supposed to have a uh, a little uh, statement today, but they canceled it. Yeah, that Spokane, Washington. Actually, well, they were supposed to have a, a meeting today, uh, and Rachel Dolezal was going to come in and address the accus. That's the great thing about uh, CNN is that CNN keeps saying accusations that she lied about her race. It's I mean, like, she just definitely did. <laughs> she is definitely not black. There are pictures. There are birth certificates. There is every 
There is no accusations here. Yeah. Like, she was caught on video shooting the guy in the head. There's no... She yeah. did it. She definitely did it. There are no accusations. Can I say that she does look better black? She does look better black. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. I think she's kind of attractive. Yeah, she... I, I mean, honestly. Yeah. She's I mean, 37, right? Yeah, yeah, something like that. She's pretty... She's hot. She's got her moments. Yeah. Well. She's got her angles. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we were going to talk about the Trans-Pacific Trade Partnership, but anyway, that didn't go through. Yeah. So good. there you go. Yeah, so that's, yeah. That seems to be good. Slave labor. Speaking of slave labor, NAFTA was one of the worst things that ever happened as far as human rights goes and things like that. And, of course, jobs here for Americans. But maybe we'll talk about that in the next one. Yeah. That sounds good. Um, all right, everyone. Find us on Twitter. That's at Marcus Parks. I'm at Ben Kissel. And, of course, on Facebook, we're at, uh, you can find uh, the page at Abling and Top Hat. And um, I think that that's pretty much it. July 6th, I'm doing a show at 3 a.m. Nice. On Fox News. Can't wait for that. That's my pr- time to shine. <laughs> Perfect. Um, all right, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. <laughs>